<laughs> However, <laughs> yeah, I, for yeah. the rest of you who are, you know, Beaver and Mariner crossovers, I could only imagine, yeah. but it definitely, you know, oh. helps the work environment when, uh, when the Beavers win and, uh, you know, you guys are in a better mood, so it doesn't reflect <laughs> back onto me That's right. uh, when we're talking That's about all right. this yeah. stuff, but you're right. It has yeah, been, you, it has been quite a day sitting, Andy, to sitting a through that tailgate show. Though watching the or not even watching <laughs> staring at game day on mob.com of the sixth seventh eighth and ninth inning while trying to dissect the beavers in stanford was uh, an interesting task but we, we we made it through you did you always pull through first tj that's why we love you you're a gamer like i've said before um yes i was i was doing my part as well well i had to really put in the time um in front of the screen today which i just hate to do but I'm willing to make that sacrifice. So great job all around. Um, getting into the game, I would say my biggest takeaway is the Beavers played a D game and had three A-plus plays, and that's why they won the game. It's a pretty good way to put it, and you win <laughs> with a D-plus game, which good teams do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's, no, it's nice to have one of those bounce. I mean, obviously, yeah, that stuff first half was, disgusting for lack of a better term. It was, uh, you know, pretty frustrating. Like, you know, I, I try to keep it positive, but that, that was, I was pretty dark there. I was, it was giving me shades of, of Gary era, which I hate to say, but that was, that was rough, but they, they got it together and, you know, they, they found a way and that's something you, yeah, decent, good teams have to do once in a while. And, and I don't feel like in many years past, that's one that we win. So got it done. And to your point, I heard you talking about, Ben's performance earlier, yeah, didn't didn't set the world on fire, but I, I think we could obviously see the arm talent. The, the ball he throws is pretty good, and he's he's got some stuff to him. Um, I think he made decent decisions for the most part. Biggest downfall is that he's just got to learn how to deal with with the blitz and, and facing pressure. I think he he ran into a couple sacks. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I, I'm I'm not down on that performance at all. I feel like he. He served us well, kept us in the game, and, and has some of that, that playmaking ability. Yeah, managed the game, I would say. And then, right, like you said, made, made those two plays, that throw to Harrison, that throw to Silas Bolden. That was an excellent throw and catch there at the start of the fourth quarter that really sort of jumped the Beavers back into that game. And, you know, that play doesn't happen. I think that was on a fourth down, was it not? Um, that, you know, yeah. we're, we're probably not sitting here talking about the Beavers winning oh. there. So uh, all important stuff from Ben. And again, he, he didn't he, he didn't cause the Beavers to lose. And I, I, Jim Wilson said it, you know, a quarterback uh, can can't doesn't always necessarily win you a game, but they can absolutely lose you a game. And he definitely didn't lose you a game today. And that's all you could ask for, really. No, absolutely. He didn't. And I yeah, I feel like he he. He did enough. Like I said, I, I think if you had any complaints, it would be um, when facing pressure on some of the sacks at the tough mm-hmm. spot, he'll get better at it. Yeah, he looked um, like Russ on a I few thought, of those. <laughs> Just yeah, running, yeah. running up and doing it. He the set. pressure. He, he was struggling. But, no, he yeah, he absolutely did what we needed. And, and let's not forget, that was an absolute dime that he threw to Gould. Um, I love love Gould. He, he's a huge playmaker for us. But, I mean, that, that was his best throw of the night, and that, that, was, that should have been a touchdown. Yeah, it was a good one. Anything else so, you got for me, Andy? Um, no, not too much. Uh, actually, one other quick thing is just again, I've I've been harping on this a little bit, but the running backs, I just I really feel like we're you get something more with Martinez and um, Jam back there on the touches. I mean, and again, it's it's not you know not going after the guy, but it just feels like Fenwick 
gets whatever the the linemen block for him and, and not a yard more. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a, I, I saw the the big play capability from the other two and and fighting for yards. And so um, I, that, that's my my take is I, I think we need to see those two backs a little more and. Uh, Hope Dusty Baker has his gloves ready for Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a good one. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. <laughs> Have a good one, TJ. All Bye. right. Sounds good. Talk to you. You're good. Yeah. Uh, I would say next week, but I'm not sure we're going to have a call-in show next week. That will be a to-be-determined uh, here on the Sherwin-Williams Beaver postgame call-in show. Uh, there might be some certain plans to head up the road 280 miles north um, for myself which would make leave no one to host this call-in show. So we'll leave that um, in, a, in a sort of a holding pattern here as we go along tonight. Uh, we'll not have a definitive answer for you tonight. Still, still some things that need to get hammered out as we go along the way. Uh, I can see we got uh, a couple more callers lined up, so we'll go to Tyler here in a second, and then we'll take a break. Uh, I did want to just point point out from Andy's perspective. I'm starting to kind of lean this way too. I, I again, don't think that Jonathan will do this. I don't think he's going to favor a running back or two running backs over another because they haven't done that yet this year. And they've been decently successful running the ball. So no real reason to go away from it. And you talk to all the guys as well. All the guys say, we love this committee. So that doesn't really lead much to, or lean towards change very much. However, we look at the box score for rushing. By the way, the Beavers up into the fourth quarter were averaging three yards a carry, and I tweeted out that it, just looking the fact that they were about to lose the battle on the line of scrimmage on both sides, you know, Goldbranson getting sacked four times under a little bit of pressure there from an Oregon State offensive line, which has been among the best in pass protection this year. And then on the other side, there are just running-wise, right, you get three yards a carry, uh, and then Stanford's managing to negate you. Not uh, You didn't sack Tanner McKee one time for a team that had allowed 13 sacks in the previous two weeks. You know, the opportunities should have been there, and you didn't do it. Again, as Andy said, a D game and a few A-plus plays won you the game, wins you the game, and that's what they did. So those things kind of get glossed over a little bit, but we're not going to forget them. Anyways, back to the running back box score. Fenwick, 3.9 yards per carry, so we'll round up and say four. Jam Griffin on 13 carries, five, uh, six yards a carry. And I'd say the rushing numbers, they look overall, when you look at the overall yards per carry for Oregon State tonight, 4.8. Gets a lot of help from Damian Martinez's three carries for 83 yards and a touchdown. I must have really not been paying attention to who was getting carries tonight because I didn't realize Damian only had three carries. He made him count, though, led the team in rushing with 83 yards, 27, uh, nearly 28 yards per clip uh, to lead the Beavs in rushing. And most importantly, had that touchdown that I guess theoretically would have tied it if you made the two pointer, but you didn't. We can I'm sure someone will say something about the two point conversions. I have my retort ready. Maybe it'll be Tyler. Let's go to Tyler here on the downward dog phone line. Tyler, good evening. Hello, TJ. I feel like I'm having a bit of a fever dream between what's going on with the Mariners and what's going on with the Beavers. If you, like, sent the script into Hollywood, I feel it might be rejected. Yeah, it'd be a little too good to be true. I would agree. Uh, okay. So, have you uh, seen the uh, first Mission Impossible movie? Um, maybe. I, I can't. <laughs> Here on this early morning, I don't know if I would remember it uh, completely off the top of my head. 
okay, well, let's see. There's a situation in there where Tom Cruise's character has to, like, infiltrate a very, like, ridiculous situation where he can't mess up, uh, mess up at all. And obviously, like, he is, manages to, like, get out, uh, get out, but, uh, let's see, nothing goes perfect. And, with, and he accidentally leaves a calling car. Uh, Car behind and almost tips an alarm by about two seconds. He doesn't because somebody decides to turn the uh, alarm off right before it gets tripped, and his uh, his uh, accomplice just tells him, "Messy." I kind of feel like that's what the Beavers were tonight. They were messy. They got the job done, but they were kind of kind of messy. So, my thoughts on the game. I'll uh, think about uh, let's see. I was thinking about something Jim Wilson said about halftime. He felt like Stanford was playing cleaner, and they were. We've mm-hmm. got to clean up the uh, penalties. Now, you're always going to have penalties, but uh, the untimely ones or the just uh, harebrained ones, like the one Austin had in the first half, there's no place for those. Yeah, like Brandon, Brandon Kipper's two unsportsmanlikes. Yeah. Um, other than that, the uh, drops passes, I mean, they got better at that in the second half, but there's still some inconsistency there. And the uh, situational awareness, especially on special teams, first off, the uh, obviously the uh, backup snapper not being ready, ready to go when, at a moment's notice. That seems like the oversight on the coaching staff. I, it didn't come back to bite us, but it very well could have. Also, the um, the uh, kickoff that where we ended up on the one yard line, it was like a fair catch snafu or something. I don't know exactly what happened there because my radio cut out. I was able to like sync it up tonight, so I don't know why we ended up at the one yard line on a kickoff. But that seems like a mistake. Uh, what quarter was that in? I believe it was the either the first or the second. It was like that was before pro- the first. The, I think I, I only got to tune in about halfway through the second quarter as I waited for the Mets and Padres to wrap up on ESPN. So I did not get to see that. You couldn't get ESPN news? Uh, I don't get ESPN news. Oh, that's too bad because that's where it was. Anyway, uh, okay, now that I'm done with being the, the negative Nancy stuff because mm-hmm. who wants to talk about that tonight, The uh, I'm going to second what... Andy said, when good teams do find a way to grind out wins when they're not playing well, and obviously this wasn't Oregon State's best game, but they still managed to grind one out. And I also think uh, Gil Branson didn't make uh, a critical mistake. I, I can't quite put my finger on how I felt while he was driving the offense, but uh, the, uh, the drive felt less reckless. I mean, you could say, like, I mean, whelmed. Not underwhelmed, not overwhelmed, just whelmed. That's how I felt. I uh, I would say like Gilbranson felt like he was Gilbranson felt like he was driving the car at the uh, speed limit it can handle. Sometimes it feels like chances gunning it about twenty five miles per hour when he shouldn't be. And you know that's I mean, that's fine. I mean that's what you needed tonight. And uh, you know it took a couple of miraculous plays, but that won you the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like he was going to like um, steer us off the side of a cliff or like take a take a corner uh, too 
point or two wide. If the uh, let's see, I don't know what the word is, but I think you know the comparison I'm trying to make. Yeah, something also, like that. Um, yeah. Go also, ahead. Uh, listen, I was thinking like Phil Still was right on the score. He just had the wrong team winning. <laughs> yeah, he was. So he's got to tweak his model now. I. I'm still waiting for someone to come really just rip me for what I said on the tailgate show. And maybe someone won't because you guys are kind and you know, maybe, (laughs) maybe not everyone is, but at least the people I've talked to so far when I went out and said, you know what? I see a four and a half point spread that went from seven to four and a half. I'm fading the public. And well, the public was right. I was not. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like, obviously it's going to be a lot easier to clean these things up after a win, but as, (laughs) As they've been saying on the radio, this is just like the uh, first first of three that you really need to get. <clears throat> yes, Washington State is a game you definitely can get, and Colorado is a game you definitely should get. So the next two weeks are going to be kind of critical, but I think with their, head, their headspace is going to be a lot better after uh, what happened tonight. Yeah, you'd think so. And you could have a healthy starting quarterback back. We'll see about that. How about uh, anything else, Tyler? Uh, yeah, how about those Mariners? How about them? I'm excited. <laughs> Tuesday is going to be very uh, nerve-wracking for me, and I hate the matchup with the Astros, but it will be it'll be fun. I, words can't really describe what I saw today um, on television. It really can't. I, the, <laughs> it's been something you've been waiting for for so long, and to you know see it come back in historic fashion was was really just unbelievable. You know, TJ, you might not have to make that trip because it's very possible the Mariners could win win three to nothing and not need to play a game four on Sunday. Uh, I will be up for Saturday. I potentially, Tyler, will be up there for Saturday as well. So oh, I got you. That would uh, well, that would eliminate whatever you decide to do. Yes, uh, and I was going to go up there anyway, so we will. Uh, but that's for uh, the scheduling department to take care of <clears throat> this week, a.k.a. myself and people I'm aiming to see up there. So we will see about that. Uh, it's a TB determined for next week, but we will uh, we'll see how that goes along. Okay. Let's see. Also, congratulations to your alma mater, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I was, uh, was a, little, a little surprised, but good job to uh, Sean Aguano and company down there taking down the Huskies, and I think my biggest takeaway from that is the Huskies are maybe they were maybe a little overrated, maybe just a little bit. Anything else for me, Tyler? Does that one mean more, does that one mean more to you because you have to live, live around there? Uh, not really. I, <laughs> I could really care less, but um, I, think it's, I think it's just entertaining that they haven't won down there in about 15 years, and they've had some pretty good teams down there, but I guess it doesn't, doesn't guarantee you wins. As you know, we could see tonight with the Beavers, I think have a significantly better team than Stanford, yet still was a minute away from losing. All right. I'll be in touch next week. I'll let you get back to the other caller. All right. Appreciate it, Tyler. That's good to hear from Tyler. We should take a break. I will let you know if you'd like to get in here on the action on the Beaver postgame call-in show. The number to text or call, 497-5356. That's 541-497-5356. Downward dog phone line and the University Honda text line here on the Sherwin-Williams Beaver post-game call-in show. It's been a fun one so far. We'll have more texts and calls to get to after this break. Back in a jiffy on 1240 Joe Radio. Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? 
Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. Our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. Taste the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy delicious made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh ingredients, including a variety of entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dine-in and carry-out from 11.30 to 2.30 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily except on Tuesdays. View the menu and order online at evergreenindianrestaurant.com on Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and West 7th in Eugene. Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Fall. Hunting, camping, tailgating? A new truck from Power Pre-Owned in Salem would be perfect. Stop by today and see their great selection. Trucks, utility vehicles, four-door sedans, two-door sedans, convertibles. Whatever you're looking for, in whatever price range, you'll find it at Power Pre-Owned, with new inventory arriving daily. You can view them all online and even get pre-approved with their easy online application at powerapproved.com. And if you want, they'll even bring the vehicle to you. It's easy. At Power Pre-Owned, corner of Hawthorne and Dean Salem. At Power Pre-Owned, you have the power. After today's big game, it's time to celebrate with Abby's Legendary Pizza. For nearly 60 years, we've been the go-to place for families and teams celebrating all the big plays and great memories. And this season, you can celebrate with Abby's anywhere. Name the spot and we'll deliver legendary pizzas, chicken, salads, and everything you need to feed your team. Order now at abbeys.com and we'll see you after the game. Abby's, a legendary pizza tradition this and every season. Back here in our KEJO studios, Sherwin-Williams Beaver post-game Collins show live and underway or continuing, however you might want to view it here on uh, just past one in the morning here in Albany. Beavers take down the Stanford Cardinal 28-27 first win for the Beavs down in Palo Alto since 2006. That was pre-Harbaugh. That's how long ago that was. That's kind of mind-boggling to think about, but the Beavs do get it done. That 56-yard touchdown pass, Ben Gobranson to Treshawn Harrison. What a catch. What a run after the catch. And just uh, really, really just great execution on that final play. A couple of texts coming in. uh, Some, of course, reactions coming in uh, as that game wound down. Oh, my goodness. What a way What a way to pull it out before I pulled my hair out. Go Beavs. That's one way to think of it. Curtin Philomath says, do you believe in miracles? I do. May have saved its football season. Yeah. We would be having a totally different conversation here had that pass not been caught and run into the end zone. I promise you that. But you take a game you're supposed to win, and even with a bad game, you still come away and win it. So everyone feels a whole lot better. Let's see. Dan is texting in. Good to hear from you, Dan. Uh, Plenty of negatives we could discuss, but I want to mention a few positives. This, of course, here on the University Honda text line, 4975356. Again, that number, 541-497-5356. On the Sherwin-Williams Beaver postgame call-in show, contribute 
On the Downward Dog phone line, we have two lines occupied right now. But you can always text in. The lines will open up after we get to some calls here in a second. Let's go check out this text from Dan here really quick. Went on the road with a backup QB, didn't turn the ball over once. Check number one. Check number two. Several players stepped up and made huge plays. Bolden, Harrison, Martinez. Bingo. We didn't fold after the questionable holding call late in the game. Yep. After the play before, they didn't call one. One looked very similar. Um, And the defense did what it had to do to give the offense a chance. Not in my head. Most of my questions slash concerns are more coaching related, offensive play calling, running back rotation, special teams, organization, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty much everything I saw on Twitter today. Dan, thank you. Hoping we can clean it up things against a good Wazoo team next week. Should be a good one. Homecoming next week uh, right here at Research Stadium. Six o'clock kickoff, two o'clock tailgate show. Should be a fun one. We got Cole. I don't remember hearing from Cole. This might be a first. Cole, is this your first time calling in? No, TJ, it's Paul, not Cole. Ah, hello, Paul. (laughs) There we go. That would uh, eliminate a lot of the confusion. Paul, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing fine. It's it's been a pretty exciting day. I mean, I just, I want you to give you, give you a little, uh, what do you call it? I want to give you uh, some encouragement. Okay. What? When we played Houston and they beat us, we didn't have Rodriguez hitting like he is. We didn't have Raleigh hitting like he is. And uh-huh. it seems like Fraser's coming along to get some important, timely hits. I mean, we're a whole different team than when we lost to Houston before. No Castillo either, Paul. And I do, I agree in that sense. I just don't like, I don't really like the matchup. So the I, I think uh, when I look at the Astros, I see a team that has a Blue Jays caliber lineup, which the Mariners really struggled with today. I mean, really, it took one of the best pitching performances, like postseason pitching performances of the modern era, I thought, to to shut them out in game one. And then you take that lineup, and then you add arguably the best starting staff in baseball and the best bullpen in baseball. And I think that's just, (laughs) that's a tough, a tough task for any team to handle. Well, I I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Houston's always been the Mariners' Achilles heel. I mean, they just they they, they lose them in the weirdest ways too. And I mean, it's just it's just. But I think uh, maybe the Mariners are the team of destiny this time, and and uh, they're going to get Houston. Uh, you know, they got to get them sooner, sooner or later. Let's hope it's just sooner. That's true, and they played them very well before the All Star break. They were seven. Uh... Let me do my math. I think there were six and six versus the Astros before the all-star break before losing the six of seven to finish the season out too. Right. Right. But anyway, let's get to this, this football game, man. I, I'm sitting here watching the plays of the week, you know, the top 10 plays. And it, obviously this ESPN show was taped long before our game was over. So, you know, the Jason Harrison catch would have been on the top 10. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely! That would be number one. I would think. Oh, you know what? You know what was number one? You got you. You wouldn't believe what's number one. Uh, was it? So don't you, tell me. Was it college I, football? Was it the Bama one? No, no. It was. It was a volleyball game between Air Force, a women's volleyball game between Air Force and uh, somebody with red uniforms. You know, might have been New Mexico State or somebody. <laughs> It was a volleyball play. I kid you not. I, I, you know, I was flabbergasted. I'm going, 
Was it a good play, though? What? Was it a good play? (laughs) Well, yeah, the girl, uh, ball was hit way out of bounds. She went and she hit the ball and jumped over the chairs on the sideline, then came back and she spiked the winner. That's pretty, but, you know, it was, yeah, I'll say that's pretty crazy. Well, maybe Trey, well, <laughs> there is NFL tomorrow, so that'll be tough, but I think Trayshawn can sneak I, into there tomorrow. It's just, just that I saw plays like that this week in volleyball at Gill Coliseum. So I'm not, I'm doing what I'm trying to say is these things happen all the time in volleyball games. It's not like that was a rare occurrence. That is fair. You know what I mean? At, at least the highlight oh, will yeah. be, you know, pushed amongst all the Oregon State social media platforms because it deserves it. It was an unbelievable play. Yeah, it was, an, you know, catching the ball off the guy's helmet, you know, and then just turn around and race into the end zone. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, some of the play calling has, has been head-scratching. I mean, it is... Why and they need to get Cole Branson some quick hitters, you know. When they know that there's going to be a, he's obviously not uh, capable right now of, of calling a uh, audible. You know what I mean? Changing the play. So they need to when they see that it's going to be a a a blitz, they need to give him a quick out. You know, something to get the ball out of his hands quick so he doesn't get sacked. I mean, that's one thing I saw. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll take care of that next week. But uh, I just, some of the plays that why, and, and that's why they took a knee at the end of the game there for the, just put Coletto in there and let him run in the end zone. Coletto's not going to fumble. Yeah. So my thought with you know, that is I would have rather they just ran Coletto the two, two, two point plays previous. So you don't have that situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I know. It's hundred percent. That, that last that? one though, I think was the most acceptable of the three, two point plays because you just don't even want to consider risking with, you already have a, a lead. You want to consider risking putting the ball, any, any remote spot in harm's way to, wow. um, to have well, any, any prote- especially for how the, <laughs> yeah. well, especially for how the game had gone where it seemed like, you know, the, whether it be a penalty or the missed field goal or just, just not very not really playing well, you feel like that, even if it was 1%, you really just don't even want to allow that to happen. And in the end, it did not hurt the Beavers. <laughs> they still won. Right, and that, that's another thing. There's, that's another important that you just mentioned. That's another very important play in the whole scheme of this game was that Stanford guy being on, you know, he's out there where the gunner is, out on the very far edge of the field, and he lines up offside on the first field goal attempt. You know that that he that we missed. Yeah. And then we got a second chance to make it. I mean, it's just little things like that that just had to line up that, you know, we won the game. I mean, it it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. It, it sometimes comes down to what you know, one a little these little things we don't even wouldn't even think about <laughs> that end up mattering oh so much in that game. And you know, you could even think about um, you know maybe the Beavers don't even need this miraculous Trayshawn Harrison catch if Sappington just hit that field goal early in the game when he missed. Right. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about, you know, sort of just an ugly win, which it still was an ugly win, minus the miraculous catch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
no wins are ugly, as far as I'm concerned. I, I think I think that the the ugliest part was the um, you know the, the penalties, the the unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. That that was that yeah. was the ugly part of the game. But yeah, I think the rest of the game was played pretty cleanly. Yeah, that was not good. And there were there were some secondary penalties too, and, and when the Beavers were on defense, that weren't great either. But those seem to be very week to week, depending on what referee well, crew I, you get. Well, I remember, I remember in years past when a ball was thrown way out of bounds like that. That was an uncatchable ball, so there would be no interference call. Where what happened to that rule? Uh, it is up to the judgment of the referee to deem a ball uncatchable, oh, man, man. and it's up to the judgment of the referee and what ballpark you're playing in. That's what it amounts to. Pretty much, yep. <laughs> that's that's uh, <laughs> that sounds about right. Got anything else, Paul? Nah, yeah, that'll do it, man. Hey, we'll talk to you this week sometime. TJ. All right, good talking to you, Cole. <laughs> All right, have a Adios. good night, Paul. All right, good to hear from Paul here on the Sherwin-Williams Beaver postgame call-in show. Have your thoughts heard on the text line, phone line, the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line, 497-5356, 541-497-5356. Happy to have Sherwin-Williams sponsoring this Beaver postgame call-in show. Doug from Salem texting in. Let's see what we got here. Thought OSU was done when down by 16. Dream finish with this one when OSU should be in a better bowl. Yes. Like the Holiday Bowl. Coach Smith has Beaver, uh, the Beavers playing for 60 minutes. We'll make for a better, excuse me, homecoming weekend. Yes, it will. Thank you, Doug. Uh, let's see who we got texting in here. Um, I don't see a name. So we're going to say this unnamed 541 number. Zero interceptions. It was amazing. Yeah, Yes, it was. Great win. You're right. The, just like the Stefan Diggs from the Vikings. Uh, I think it was five years ago. Texter. But yes, same uh, same time frame. Hate it when Diggs. I hate to be a Dave in Tumwater. Garrett, there you go. Here we got another slight here at Dave from Tumwater. We love you, Dave. I know you're asleep right now, but if you listen back to this here on Sunday, or actually it would be technically later on today, uh, we'll see what this uh, text message entails. But I thought I want my thoughts on the O-line. They played pretty well, and it seemed like they tried to play the run. Uh, oh, on the D-line, I, I it is late. <laughs> D-line, they were playing the run pretty well, and it seemed like they were trying to play the run. They were getting no pass rush on the quarterback. McKee had all day to throw, so did Rising last week, so on. It's like third and 10 multiple times over. And the secondary is playing zone. Good quarterbacks will move all day and make, uh, move the chains. Are we, ta- are we lacking uh, uh, a couple of former Beavers? Scott uh, Crichton? Critton? I think that's how I say that. And then uh, Stephen uh, Paya. I apologize if I'm messing these names up. It is late, and I'm not well versed on uh, on on niche Oregon State players. Um, type of of rusher that can get to the quarterback and protect the run. Get some coffee. <laughs> You're telling me, but I also text her need some sleep as well. So there's a careful balance. A couple times last year on these late ones, I would have an energy drink. I think around ten o'clock, and it would really really not help me sleep. I'd have a ton of energy to do this show, but then I get back home and I sit in bed and I'm just sort of drumming my fingers. Can't sleep. 
can't sleep. So I'm going to take the sleep tonight and try and power through it on my own energy tonight. So, yeah, I was a little underwhelmed by the D-line tonight. And I think it's pretty evident that the D-line just plays so much better behind the, the energy of the Research Stadium crowd, as we saw against Boise State and then USC, because the pass rush on the road has just really been not good. And the, this Stanford offensive line was real, has really not played that well this season. They're not that healthy. And nonetheless, McKee had all the time in the world to throw, and he, he passed pretty well today. He had a couple inaccurate balls here and there, but he passed pretty well. And the Beavers couldn't touch him, and they, you know, managed to make it out with getting without getting shredded too much. Let's go to Ryan here on the Downward Dog phone line, then take another break. Ryan, good morning. Morning, TJ. How are you doing? You staying awake? Uh, I'm doing uh, probably about as good as I could be right now. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Just uh, just rolled back into to uh, home here from a buddy's house, watching the game. So I'm pretty stoked, but uh, I knew I couldn't. Uh, go to bed without giving you a call first. Always appreciate that. What's on your mind? Well, um, I learned an important lesson last year. Uh, went to the Washington Oregon state game. Um, and it, I don't remember exactly when in the game, but, uh, they were running, they were using their kind of like, I don't know if it was a wildcat or they were kind of running their quarterback or maybe it was a running back, but really gashing us. And I thought, wow, this game's over. And I might have said that out loud to my buddy. I said, I think we're done. I think the game's over. And then uh, I think we scored a touchdown. We started to come back. And another Beaver fan turned to me and said, you're not allowed to cheer anymore. And that hurt deep. That, that hit me hard. And so, you know, obviously we came back and won that game. And so from then on, I've never had the thought or tried to express out loud, we're done. I believe in the Beavers until the clock is zero 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 in the fourth quarter. And that's what I did this evening. Um, uh, like I was watching it with a buddy and, uh, I think it was late in the third, his wife said, I'm going to bed and, uh, we'll call her Hazel. So shout out to Hazel. She usually <laughs> listens to this later. Um, and I said, don't go to bed. What if you miss something amazing? And she did just that. So sorry about that, Hazel. You're going to have to uh, watch the replay on this one, but you missed something amazing. That's great. I love the optimism, Ryan, and I do really wonder how, what percentage of like really hardcore Beaver fans went to bed when the score was 24 to 10 in the fourth quarter. I really wonder because <laughs> there's probably a good portion of them. It was pretty late, um, and nonetheless, they missed just an, uh, a really great comeback. And it was. Uh, it's good optimism. I uh, I appreciate that, Ryan. Uh, any you got anything else for us? Yeah, uh, the I guess kind of uh, just what you were kind of talking about was it. It seemed like the defense, uh, kind of early in the game, had concrete in their shoes. They just didn't come out with a lot of fire under their rear ends, and you know after holding USC to 17 and just doing a, a really good job. It seemed like there was just no fire there and I'm not sure what happened, but maybe they just need to get another win under their belt. Hopefully this fires them up to the next one. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know. The, the energy is just not the same on the road. And you can say that for almost any football team at any level, especially as you go up in levels and the crowd matters that much more, but the energy they play with at home is just so much different than it is on the road. And, you know, you can't blame them. It's an eight o'clock kickoff and, you know, ESPN is showing 
fans in the stands who are asleep at the game. <laughs> so sometimes it can be a little hard for the defense to get the energy they need uh, to really sort of like light that fire under them. But when they needed to there at the end, they were able to get some stops and, uh, and pull through. Yeah. And I was going to mention that as well. Um, the, the, the stadium was silent. I mean, the loudest part of Palo Alto is the train horn that you, there was no fans yelling. I mean, it was a tight game. Like you said, they were showing people in the stand sleeping, but at the same time, if I had to uh, probably edit my thesis in the stands, I'd be sleeping too. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. You know, the, they got a, they got class on Monday. So you got to, got to jump ahead of the homework and they probably have more homework in a week than I had at four years at ASU. So <laughs> that's something to think about. Anything else? Um, Man, I feel like I have one more thing, but I can't remember. So I'll just leave it for next time. All right. Always appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks for calling. Good to hear from Ryan. All right. Well, we got to we'll chug along here for about uh, 15, 20 more minutes. If you want to get in on the action, 541-497-5356. The Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. Here on the Sherwin-Williams Beaver postgame call-in show, Early morning edition. Come hang out with Garrett and I here in our studio. Uh, again, call or text in. We'll be uh, we'll be open as long as you want. Got some text to get to after this break. We'll be back after this on twelve forty Joe Radio. Have you been putting off that remodeling project? Have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done? For over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, wood and vinyl flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beeves! This is Mike Parker for Evenflow Plumbing, your trusted award-winning plumber for the Mid-Valley. Evenflow specializes in complete plumbing and drain cleaning solutions for residential and commercial jobs. They treat your home like it's their home, and their flat rate pricing means no surprises at the end of the job. Evenflow takes pride in doing the job right the first time. Just call 541-738-8853 for all your plumbing needs. When you need a pro, go with the flow. Evenflow Plumbing. At Lassen Toyota, we believe in going the extra mile by providing those little extras that make your life easier. Like online scheduling, so you can pick the day and time that's most convenient for you. And courtesy rides to and from your home or workplace. We even honor our competitors' coupons whenever possible. Lassen Toyota services vehicles, but serves people. Schedule your service appointment today at LassenToyota.com. Just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany. The Inkwell wants to help make your life a little better. Relax in a comfy, stressless recliner or pamper yourself with luxurious bath and body items. The Inkwell has kitchenware to help you eat healthier and journals to make you more mindful. The Inkwell has been an Oregon shopping destination for over 50 years. Stop by and explore what's new. The Inkwell on 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. Always something different, always something good. just moseying along here on the Beaver Post Game Colin Show. Beaver Colin Show all season long brought to you by Sherwin-Williams. We appreciate Sherwin-Williams for their contributions to 
this call-in show, making it happen. TJ Matthewson and Garrett Dorschek here in our KEJO studios on an early Sunday morning. And man, I thought was asleep has called in. Dave from Tumwater uh, is on the Downward Dog phone line. Dave, I'm glad you're awake to join us. Uh, yes, TJ, thanks for uh, taking my call. It's it's because of games like that that post-game call-in shows were invented. So, um, actually, as a matter of fact, TJ, I'm pulling an all-nighter because the uh, Packers pregame show comes on at 4 o'clock in the morning. So, I I got a couple more hours to go. I can just go right into the next sports day. Uh, sports day. They're uh, they're playing in London tomorrow. So that I makes could, sense. I, I was could about just, to ask. I, I could just roll one day into the next. Interesting. I I for, totally forgot they're playing a London game this week. So yeah, um, that's that. Ooh, Four a.m. Man, you're you're a better man than I am. I when the I the Seahawks played in London. I think in eighteen. I slept until the third quarter. I think <laughs> to, get, to, get, to get up. Yeah, they've. And they've, they've got a game coming up here pretty soon. Well, TJ, um, I don't, um, by the way, I'm in a much better mood in case Merle's concerned. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, um, I can't think of a more improbable victory. I just, maybe one that comes to mind, and you probably don't have a working memory of it, but there was a highly improbable victory against Arizona back in 2008 or 2009. It enabled the Bees to kind of keep their Rose Bowl chances alive. And it was it was a very circuitous turn of events that had to happen. Everything that did happen had to happen for them to get the win, and they did. So it was miraculous. I wasn't particularly a a fan of a lot of the play calling. Uh, I, I didn't think, uh, I, I, I mean, they kept on the TV broadcast, they kept showing the, the run pass mix. And it always seemed like there was a pronounced emphasis to run versus pass, which against Stanford is the way it's got to be. if They're going to win. Uh, and, but then the, the number always looked bigger on the screen when you saw the data, than your old working memory of the game. It just seemed like they were, they were still um, passing the ball too much. But two things, uh, just two final, two final thoughts. Um, in a way, this game was payback for one of the more improbable losses the Beavers had, and it was against Stanford. It must have been, see, it would have been an odd year. So it might have been 2015 or 2017. I think Ryan Nall was gone uh, by 2019. I think but it was 17. Fumbled, was it that 17-16? He, he, he ran into a pulling lineman and fumbled the ball, and uh, Stanford stole uh, a victory. Do you remember that game? Do you remember what year that was? Was it the 17-16 game on a Thursday? Yes, it could very well have been. I know I know that Beavs lost by one. Yes, they I lost think for the, yeah, uh, that uh, I think that was the because, game. Yeah, I do remember that game slightly. I, I was not watching, but I was paying attention. Uh, and then the other thing, uh, you know, David Shaw, by the way, he and Jonathan Smith didn't look very friendly at the, at the, at the uh, handshake, if that's what it was, at the center of the field. Uh, they both looked like they wanted to get out of each other's company pretty quickly. That's so maybe there that's was, an interesting Maybe note. there's something. Maybe I'm reading more into the situation than the circumstances required. 
and, and uh, but the, neither one of them looked like they wanted to be there. But in a way, Shaw has only to blame himself. Uh, he played it really conservative. I think they, whenever they'd show him along the sidelines, he's always he always looked very kind of smugly self confident. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 uh, like, uh, you know, we've got this, we're going to need to worry about Oregon state pulling the, pulling this game away from us. So, uh, so he, uh, <clears throat> kind of played in the fate's hands there. But anyway, I, uh, think we've got a new quarterback. I still a little rough around the edges, but much better arm. No turnovers was, was was key. You hate to have somebody lose their position because of an injury. Wally Pipp, the famous instance, lost his job to Lou Gehrig. I think that's. I think I've got that history right. But I'm kind of rambling a little bit. Uh, TJ, it's, it's late. <clears throat> I got to catch a few winks before the Packers pregame show comes on. I didn't think I would be up. Uh, in fact, I promised you earlier in the last Friday show that I wouldn't be calling in. But I got second wind. I just thought I'd stay with it um, and uh, congratulate uh, Beaver Nation for a very uh, hard-earned but still fortunate game to take. But we'll take it nonetheless. All right, Dave. I appreciate you staying up with us. I'll let you go to bed. Thanks for calling in. Uh, An interesting, I guess, note there on Shaw and Jonathan. Did not pick up on that. I did not. Uh, maybe they were both tired. David Shaw hates 8 p.m. kickoffs. I don't think Jonathan likes 8 p.m. kickoffs either. I think maybe they just wanted to get out of there too. But an interesting note, and David Shaw's sort of conservative play calling too, he punted on fourth and less than one at least twice, at least twice, where I just kind of kind of raise an eyebrow because you, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago you see more of that. But nowadays, not really. You got like a foot to go. You're going to punch it through and you should be able to. But he didn't. And I thought that was interesting. Let's get through a couple of text messages and then we can take our final break. If I can find my mouse. (laughs) All right. Alex from Grant's Pass. Uh, Beavers and Mariners both win in wild fashion today. Just a crazy day of sports in the Pacific Northwest. Happy October. Yes, indeed. Um, all of a sudden UCLA is legit. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about UCLA. Sometimes they look like they're about to lose to South Alabama. Then they beat Utah, who I thought was the best team in the conference. Well, that shows you how much I know. Tyler texts in with a non-conference report. Uh, Boise state walloped Fresno state 40 to 20. Montana State crushed Idaho State as well. Good to see that. Um, Hold on. The referee was making an obvious statement on the public microphone on the last play. I don't know. Sorry, Tyler. Not picking up what you're talking about. It is late, so I'm going to move past that. Okay. Andy, I did see this interaction on Twitter. Made me chuckle. I have just no comment on this, Andy, though, about Andrew Hobner. I've interacted with him. He's been friendly and Good to me, I guess. I've met him, I think, twice. <laughs> and he asked good questions and scrums. Uh, 
but I saw your guys's uh, interactions there on Twitter. I thought it was hilarious. Um, but he, it, just a back and forth, I guess, for those who haven't seen it about Sam Vidlack and Ben Goldbranson where Andy in his words says apparently thinks Sam Vidlack is better than Goldbranson, even though Goldbranson is the literal reason Vidlack transferred nothing against Sam, but he's backing up a single threat QB in the mountain West. And that threat is not a passer. It's a solid point there. Um, Right. And I think it was telling, and Sam's not even backing up at the beginning of the year. He was the third guy at Boise state third, (laughs) third string in the mountain West. Right. So, and for college football, it's it's really such a year-to-year thing. And it, it, if your takeaways, I guess, from the last few games of bad chance Nolan play, too many interceptions, and Goldbranson looking fine today, was that Sam Vidlack was the saver we, the, the Beavers needed? Like, I'm sorry, but that's just not a very realistic outcome for a guy who I don't think is – he has not started a collegiate game. How would you know? How would you know? that's all I have to say uh, with that. So Andy, I think it's probably a net neutral on that. They're both very much unknowns, right? So uh, I I, I don't really agree with his stance, I guess, of saying Sam Vidlack is clearly better. Uh, I don't know. We don't know if Goldbranson's clearly better, but one transferred out, one stayed. So you have the one who stayed and you're back in the guy who stayed. And I think that's the right guy to back because he's still here. And that's what matters for us in this world here. Uh, and Andy adds on another good point. Why does ESPN think a major league baseball game can be played in 45 minutes? Any college football game following a baseball game is destined to have the entire first quarter on ESPN news. I don't know. I did enjoy the final two innings of Mets Padres though. While I waited for the Beaver game to come on Padres, uh, almost made it a game there in the ninth inning, but weren't able to come through. I do agree though. The windows are a little bit too tight. Thank you, Andy. Ryan texting in. uh, Oh, that he remembered what he's going to say. When I was playing high school football, if we did something boneheaded, we had to perform what was known as the Coach Elliot Donkey, named after the head coach, Dan Elliot, which meant extra conditioning after practice. I love Brandon Kipper's passion, but I must say, I think he earned himself a Coach Elliot donkey. That's all. I wonder how they handle that. Maybe he will condition. Maybe he'll punish himself. Um, and, you know, they will let him know about those penalties and they watch film tomorrow. They will let him know. They will make it abundantly clear about that and single him out in the middle of the room because that's that, that's what those film sessions are for, uh, to highlight stuff like that. Let's take our final break. We'll wrap up with a few texts. Time for one, uh, call or two more. If you want to call in, 541-497-5356, Downward Dog phone line, University Honda text line. Back for our final segment after this on 1240 Joe Radio. Fall. Hunting, camping, tailgating? A new truck from Power Pre-Owned in Salem would be perfect. Stop by today and see their great selection. Trucks, utility vehicles, four-door sedans, two-door sedans, convertibles. Whatever you're looking for, in whatever price range, you'll find it at Power Pre-Owned. With new inventory arriving daily. You can view them all online and even get pre-approved with their easy online application at powerapproved.com. And if you want, they'll even bring the vehicle to you. It's easy. At Power Pre-Owned, corner of Hawthorne and D in Salem. At Power Pre-Owned, you have the power. 
After today's big game, it's time to celebrate with Abby's Legendary Pizza. For nearly 60 years, we've been the go-to place for families and teams celebrating all the big plays and great memories. And this season, you can celebrate with Abby's anywhere. Name the spot and we'll deliver legendary pizzas, chicken, salads, and everything you need to feed your team. Order now at abbeys.com and we'll see you after the game. Abby's, a legendary pizza tradition this and every season. Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. Our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. Taste the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy delicious made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh ingredients, including a variety of entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dine-in and carry-out from 11.30 to 2.30 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily except on Tuesdays. View the menu and order online at evergreenindianrestaurant.com. On Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and West 7th, in Eugene, Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Wrapping it up here on an early morning, Beaver Post Game Colin Show on 1240 Joe Radio. TJ Matthewson with you in studio. Garrett Dorshek helping out on the phone lines. We got a couple more texts before we wrap up here on the Sherwin-Williams Beaver Post Game Colin Show. Last, uh, last few minutes of the show, so if you want to contribute... on the Downward Dog phone line or the University Honda text line. Better get in here before we wrap up. Otherwise, I might have to wait two weeks depending on uh, how my schedule shakes out next Saturday. Okay, a few more texts. Let's go here. Uh, Mark texts in. Got a couple texts here. Thanks for staying up with us, Mark, here on the Beaver Postgame Colin Show presented by Sherwin-Williams couple of bullet points here with Goldbranson didn't feel like he would likely win the game for us, but it didn't have the feeling of dread that he'd do something stupid like Nolan would. Okay. Didn't really give him the opportunity to do that, but I get what you're getting at there, Mark. Thank you. The two point uh, attempts were because the long snapper was injured. Yes. And again, there's some math that really works out there. You're down two touchdowns. Down two touchdowns, 14 points. You score six. So now you'd think the, the math works out. Now people are say, stop talking about analytics. And I'm like, oh, okay, but just hear me out. And if you've already heard this, you can turn it off and go to bed for the night because <laughs> I apologize. So you go for two the first time. You, so you're going to get a two-point conversion about 50% of the time. So you're banking that you're going to get one of the two two-point conversions, which would lead you after two touchdowns to 14 points in a tie game. However, if you get two the first time, then all you need to do is kick an extra point to go win the game when you're down 14, presuming you get a stop. So it, it can work like about out like that. And you're saying, oh, why go for two twice? So do not trust your team to get the ball in the end zone from the two-yard line if given two opportunities. I feel like a good offense should be able to do that. And especially if you have Jack Coletto. Why wasn't Jack Coletto in there? 
<laughs> Why wasn't he on any of the t- three two-point conversions in the fourth quarter? Why was Jack Coletto not in there? I don't know, but I'm not the coach. So I'm just a 24-year-old screaming to a microphone at 1.45 in the morning. Uh, let's see. Penalties have me flashing back to the Dennis Erickson days, but his teams have earned some swagger. Had earned some swagger, okay? Uh, I didn't think... I, I thought there were just a lot of just secondary grabbing penalties, which have been on and off all season injury report on Simon Sandberg. Any injuries tonight? Won't know that until Monday uh, is supposed to one reason we hear no rumors on Musgrave is that Smith doesn't want to deflate the team or fans. So my, I guess my opinion on that would be if he was out for the season, they would say he was out for the season, but he's not, but they can't disclose his injury. They can't give you an exact timeline because we don't know what the injury is. It is quite literally against the law for him to tell us what his injury is. So um, they are discreet, and that's why it's so vague. Nothing we can do about it. We can ask all the questions we want, and he will give us that same answer (laughs) every time we ask him. He's progressing is what he will say, but still weeks away. Those words exactly. Uh, prognosis on getting Hayes in the long snapper back. I Mark, your knowledge is as good as mine is on that subject. I'm not sure. Um, let's see. Do we have a name with this one? Oh, no. This one already texted in. The game that, oh, yeah, uh, referring to Dave, the game that Corey Hall took over in his first game uh, on a Thursday, and they got rid of the guy that likes to put his big boy pants on. Okay, thank you, Texter. Uh, Tyler said the referee kept many random announcements during the game. The call on the field is an incomplete pass and Mike was losing it. Oh, well, I didn't, I uh, wasn't listening. I was watching. I uh, didn't pick up on that too much, but thanks for the note, Tyler. Um, Merrill texting in. Ah, nice to get in right here at the buzzer. Thank you, Merrill. Peek an eye at the clock. I see uh, Fox Sports going to come on at 2 a.m. So we got to make sure we don't go over that. Um, okay. Long text here for Merrill. Much prefer second win Dave, much calmer and happy. That's a <laughs> that's actually a pretty good observation, Merrill. Disappointed in Kipper, a captain playing with personal fouls. Pretty obvious. For a bit there, it looked like the team was out of control with the penalties and attitude in second quarter. Props to the team for pulling it through, probably at halftime. Fans need to stop calling for Lindgren. His body of work is too good. He has a few questionable things the last few weeks. The fans acting like he should be fired. Impressed with Jack Velling. Yes, he had a really nice catch there in the second quarter. Silas Bowling touches, big touchdown play ratio, very high. He affects the game in massive ways with limited touches. I personally would like to see him get some more touches, but we'll see how they work him in down the field. Um, And then Merrill adds in re-Andrew Hobner. Fact, Goldbranson clearly better because he is a power five starter right now and Vidlak isn't. That's a pretty simple way of putting it. Thank you, Merrill. Uh, and then Andy follows up. Come on, TJ. <laughs> you can do the call-in show from your cell phone at T-Mobile Park. And then Barbara, hi, Mom, can produce the show and screen calls. Okay. Well, if my mom listens back to this, she can, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'll see, how, well, I'll see what she thinks. I'll probably talk to her tomorrow <laughs> so we can, uh, we, can, uh, we can pick up on that. But thank you for that, Andy. That would be funny. Uh, we can figure out how to uh, make that work, but that would be sort of intense environment. And I really don't want to cuss on the air and lose my job after someone strikes out. That would be, that would be bad. 
All right, that looks like that'll do it for us tonight. Always an entertaining time here on the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show. Uh, to be determined for next week, probably not, though, uh, with some uh, other plans in the works for myself next Saturday. We'll still have full coverage for you here on Joe. Tailgate Joe starting at 2 o'clock with John and Doug from the Beaver Store. And then the Cougs and the Beavs on homecoming next week, next Saturday at Reeser. Six o'clock kickoff. Uh, you know, it should be a good one. Very exciting uh, matchup between those two offenses. See how the Beaver defense responds there at home. For Garrett Dworshak, I'm TJ Mathewson. We'll talk to you next time here on the Beaver Post Game Collins Show on 1240 Joe Radio.